Welcome to another episode of the Family Fortitude Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Lonnie March Jr. And I am your other co-host, Gian Martz. Today on this episode of the Family Fortitude Podcast, we will be talking about family identity. Um, We wanted to talk today a little bit about family identity. We spoke on one of our last podcasts a little bit about how we respond to issues that come up with our kids when they look outside of our family. And so we would like to introduce to you, if, if possible, some of the things that we do or we employ when we're teaching our kids about who they are and what kind of culture we develop within our house and our family. And kind of how you, um, how we've gone about developing a culture. And I think we also talked in one of the previous, um, in one of our previous conversations about how one of our first conversations when we were dating, one of those early conversations when right. we were dating, um, we kind of talked about having kids and having a family and things like that. And I remember like very distinctly this conversation in my head, but um, it went something like, hey, what do you think, you know, how do you think a family should be, should move and and evolve? And we had two differing, differing kind of, um, at that point, views on how a family should be um, grown and developed. Right. Um, my answer was, well, what was your answer? My you? answer was family is, you know, they always stick together. They believe in one another. They they pull together. Even if someone's wrong, family can fight amongst themselves, but they really shouldn't um, be at odds outside of the household. And, and you know, it, it's family is family. You always pull on the side of family. And my wife's uh, answer was, that sounds good. Yes, I, I thought <laughs> I thought, yeah, that sounds great. But um, in my mind, I felt like a family should be kind of not, I I, I shy away from the word run like a business, but a family should be um, kind of grown and developed very strategically, intentionally, kind of like an organization would be. Um, Like there should be boundaries. There should be a direction that we're all going. And that's just, you know, as you guys get to know me, a little bit better, hopefully, throughout the podcast, you'll realize that my brain thinks very systematically. Um, <laughs> like, I go, like, seriously, like, step one, step two, step three, and it's, there's no skipping steps. You have to go step one, step two. So my brain thinks like, and we kind of remember a little while ago, it was like, I think like a build like a beaver, like, like beavers build dams. And so my brain thinks always in terms of building and systems and operations so when when we started talking about a family i'm like oh there's got to be organizational structure here um and Lonnie's like what (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) but almost 30 years later it's not either or it's both and so we we employ these um these very intentional kind of um What's the word I'm looking for? Trajectories. We we we're very intentional about where we're trying to go, where right. we want to go. Building goals and setting setting uh, actually setting goals, but building the I guess what do you say infrastructure the framework uh, yeah. framework that that allows us to achieve those goals, and they allow our children to see us achieve those goals, which usually by their standards they they choose to follow what we what we lead them to. So we become leaders in our business, in our organization, in our family. Yeah. Um, but we also have fun. We have plenty of fun. And, <laughs> and yes, we have internal 
um, conflict sometimes, but we all work through that. Um, but like at the end of the day, and I think you guys have heard us say this, um, the Bible is the final authority. The word of God is the, 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 the written word of God and the spoken word of God is the, is a final authority in our home. So, um, as we're, we're, you know, we set out to build this family, Lonnie and I had to get to this place. We both, again, were raised in Christian homes. Like I went to church every Sunday. My dad's a pastor and Lonnie was a junior deacon. Don't, he didn't, he hasn't told anybody that, but that's, <laughs> he was, um, <laughs> But we 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 uh we come from slightly we're in from we're originally from New Orleans Louisiana, uh played rival high schools Nola, um, baby. uh and and we we literally uh grew up around each other with two of the closest friends that I had only friends I had and um, we we kept missing one another and so we we got together but the idea uh the 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 point I'm trying to make with that is. You know, yeah, we were raised in Christian homes, but we also know that many times you can be raised in a Christian home and the last thing you want is to be a Christian or a believer. And so it it, it's, it speaks volumes to the word of God and how we have have kind of melded this family in the in the sense of we're we're following you, Lord. We're we're following you, God. We 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 believe what you say and, and we're 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 standing on it. So that not only we get the benefit of it, but as the word says, it'll pass from uh, uh, generation to generation. And and we're we're very serious about passing our beliefs, the Lord's beliefs, what He has done in our lives from generation to generation. So this is this is one of the ways that we do it by the the word of God being the final authority in our lives. So you said something just a second ago that sounded kind of awkward. <laughs> you said. You can be raised up in a Christian home, but you don't want to be a Christian. Can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, well, well, you you see that there's there's a little bit of uh, um, parents may say one thing and do another. Um, the things that you thought would happen don't happen, and no one's there to really explain them to you in a manner that you can grab a hold of and, and get some traction with. And so it it leads a lot of kids who. You're trying to, to to move them in the direction of the word and let them see the benefits of, of, of what God has in store and how, uh, as our pastor says, you pull the word of God off the pages and is actual and factual in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you can't do that or you cannot see that as a young child, as a child, it, it makes you kind of veer off and say, ah, that's, that's fake. That's phony. That's not real. That stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, I heard he's supposed to be all-knowing, all-encompassing. All, all He's supposed to be able to do everything, and yet these things happen in lives, and, and he does nothing about them. Yeah, uh, you know, when we explain to our kids, first thing we say is, you know, devil's bad. God's good. If it's good, you know it came from God. If it's bad, you know it came from Satan, and that's the world we live in. And so our job is to try to make sure that we explain these things to our kids so that they're not walking around hearing it from someone else who doesn't have all of the answers. Not that we have all the answers, but we've walked this walk out and we've walked it out in front of them. So we try to make sure that they they understand and not just go with some whim or something that they got off the, the, the from the world's perspective because you they, they the world couldn't couldn't grasp 
the fact that God didn't take care of that, but Satan came in and we as humans had a will to do one or the other. And we did the wrong thing with a consequence. Can God get us out of it? Yes, he can. Will he always get us out of it? Maybe not. Because you have a consequence. You you did it. You knew what you were doing. You got into it. Therefore, there's a consequence for it. So uh, we explain these things to our kids because they have to know this is this is the life we live. And I think it boils down to living authentically before them. Like um, we have to make a choice to live the word out authentically before them. And what does that mean? When we mess up, we say we mess up. When, you know, when one of us loses our loses well walks steps out of self-control and starts yelling because for whatever reason and they're looking like well why are you yelling at me (laughs) we have to go and fix it you know because because we lost control of ourselves and so we want them to see us um repenting and living the word out authentically that doesn't mean that we live it out um perfectly it just means that we live it out authentically that um what am i trying to say like the like the word is real in our in our lives. Like in and as we we kind of move into our family um, mission statement, family identity, you'll you'll kind of hear some of the things that that we kind of all decided to put down on paper. But I think it's important that as parents, as you're discipling your children, which we should be disciple, you should be the first discipler of your children, not your school, not your church. Not your friend, <laughs> not your grandma. You should be the main discipler, the first and the main discipler of your children. That you live out the word authentically before them. You can't. You can't be this. I'm gonna tell you to do. I'm gonna tell you to do this, but I'm not gonna do it myself. I'm not gonna hold myself to the same standard. That's hypocrisy. Right. I think we talked about that before, but right. I think that's where a lot of times you you find kids that are raised in Christian homes, and um, they want nothing to do with the Christian faith. When they have the opportunity to cast it all off because they didn't see it lived out authentically in the adults and the people around them that should have been showing them the way. And, and, um, and, don't, and it perverse. Yeah. It perverse their, right. their, I mean, it confuses them. Right. It's confused. It's confusing. And one of the things, you know, don't, don't, don't ask your kids to do something that you're not willing to do. Right. Um, we, we have to learn that. And you really have to grab a hold of that. That has to anchor you at times because I know. There's times when my kids will, will point me at, point something out to me, and it's like I am I do not want to hear that right now. I I am the father. I said no. And I I meant it. And unless I'm able to come back around and explain to them really deep down what was going on and what I saw, and if we can talk through it so that they can understand, I'm not trying to be the bad guy, but I have to be the bad guy and roll weight on you at this point in time. From this standpoint, because I see something happening that should not be a part of your life. And if I don't agree with what's happening, I need to talk to you just like you need to talk to me. So many times I got to I got to circle back around because John John has said, you know, we don't sometimes we have loud discussions (laughs) and and you got to circle back around, quiet it down apologize and give them that that ear and that shoulder, you know, to 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 lean on so that they know you care. Once again, we learned this through through years of doing this, doing it wrong at times and then having to turn back around and fix it. And with the grace of God, 
our kids, you know, have have come to understand that this happens and that they can do it as well. So it works. It's great benefits. Yeah. So um, as we're talking about family identity and culture, one of the first things you have to establish when you're setting out to build, being intentional about building a strong family, that's, you know, when when we're talking about a strong family in today's culture, it is very kind of countercultural. Um, you're going to have to be intentional about being countercultural, meaning <clears throat> you may not be able to may end up finding that you're going to have to push upstream a little bit against the culture. So everything that the world is putting out there is not beneficial for you and your family. Um, and that's what I mean when I say countercultural. Um, because a culture may say, um, you, you only live once. Yeah. You only live once. Well, yes, we only live once, but we also eternal beings, but, um, that doesn't mean cast off all restraint because that's really what the culture says. Just be who you want to be, when you want to be it, how you want to be it, whenever. <laughs> and you may have to push upstream against that. Um, and really set some some clear boundaries and things for your expectations. Your, yeah, for your family, um, and and creating a healthy family identity and culture. So with us, we start again with the the foundation of everything that we do, everything that we are. With um, the word is the final authority. Again, the spoken word, the written word is the final final authority. And then from there, some years ago, we sat down off. Seven of us, I think. <laughs> yes. And decided we were going to write a family mission statement um, so that everybody and everybody had a, a a part to play. Everybody contributed something to this family mission state, statement because we wanted everybody to feel a part of what we were creating as a family. And um, and then we also established some core values. And, and that was very important because one of the things that, that you have to remember is Everyone has to put something in so that everybody can feel as though they are they, they really are it. a part. Yeah, and they own it. And so when when that mission statement is spoken or as we have it now at our front door before you go out, which is, by the way, a part of Deuteronomy six nine, um, you shall have it written upon your doorways so that uh the, and then we're talking about the word of God and, and our mission statement. On, on the doorway so that when they go out that door, they take a look at it. When they come in that door, they take a look at it just so that you know who you are before you walk outside and enter into what uh, sometimes the church calls the mission field. But the idea is we're always keeping it in front of us so that it reminds you exactly what your daily responsibilities and expectations are as you are a part of this family. People can come in, they can see it, they can read it. They think, oh, that's pretty cool that you have that. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But you know what's even more cool is the fact that we live by it and that we draw each other into it because we've all placed something on that mission statement. So everybody, when we speak it, each one of us knows what what our portion was in that mission statement. And and I think about the organizational structure, because here I go again with (laughs) structure and organization of any major company, any major organization has a mission. They should, anyways, they should start off with a mission and core values. And it, what it does is it helps it helps the organization to define 
um, where they're going and who they're going to be. And the same applies for your family. Um, it applies for us as a family. It helps us to to know who we are, where we're going, and who we're created to be. So I want to take a minute um, just to read our family mission statement to you real quick. And it says, and again, everybody contributed to this. We are family dedicated to the full development and matured expression of the word of God in our collective and individual lives. We realize that as image bearers, we assume the responsibility to love and disciple the world around us in a manner that pleases the father and edifies our fellow man. That's our family mission statement. And then we go on with four core values. Um, Number four is never outgrow learning. So we should always be learning. We are we are a family of learners like to think that I get to this place and I arrive and I don't have to learn. I have to be challenged. I don't have to be stretched. I think about our son who's at the Naval Academy right now. He is forever learning now. <laughs> like daily, I'm sure he's being stretched um, and being and continually being challenged to learn something. Um, number three, relationships. People are more important than things. So we value the relationships around us, the people that God have a, has assigned us to in our family and not just those in our house, but even our extended family, our grandparents and parents. Um, I think that's important in, in the sense of when we meet people like uh, uh, we got people at our church that we we really call our inner circle. Those are relationships that God has has ordained for us outside of just family. But we recognize that through his calling. And so his calling is on those relationships. So it's not so easy to break up. You know, we we we, we don't untie things or we don't cut things we untie them so so maybe we can come back and and retie them but these relationships are developed by god and and they're god ordained and so we look for those right and we just we just don't let things just sit if if we got an issue or problem um we fix them right (laughs) um qrt is something we learned quick recovery time and relationships um don't let things just sit and and go sour go south um, number two is integrity. Lies are less than truth. Do the right thing. And that's just the bottom line. Again, you know, as kids are growing and developing, it's like, ah, I want to cut a corner here. Oh, I want to. And even as, as adults, oh, I want to cut it. And then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. What's your last name? Your last name is Marks. We don't cut corners. We operate with integrity. We do the things that are right. We do the things that are honorable. If there are rules to be followed, we follow the rules. And sometimes we have to be reminded of that. And then, and we've talked about this one already, the word of, the word above all else is number one. I can, they were kind of in um, descendant order. No. No. Yeah, ascending, no descendant order. <laughs> Though, <laughs> I'm not good with math, y'all. Sorry. And numbers. It's not one of my strengths. I have no problem admitting that. Um, the word above all else. So the word is the final authority. So we get ourselves in a in a little tangle, or whatever. What does the word say about where we are and how we're supposed to behave um, as we work through whatever it is that we're working through? And we'll find that out. Like, like I can tell you, like little stories. Like John and I will have an issue with maybe um, how I'm driving at times, and it, it is like. <laughs> It it just you could see you could see her getting nervous and, and things and I'm trying to get somewhere and I and I'm like hey well you know you just sit over there and and, and be strapped up and and you you're fine we'll get there uh, you know and, and safe safely and everything's fine just just stop moving and squirming around and acting like you know you're just dramatic like I'm about to you know lose my life. You, you are dramatic you know <laughs> I didn't get that close I had another inch <laughs> you know but uh, 
but 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 what we what we find out is or what I've learned is that does no good to our relationship. That does no good when I can't hear, you know, and, and understand that. Look, this is not something that you have to hang your hat on. Give some space. Give some time. How about checking your pride in and making sure that you lower yourself so that everyone in the car feels comfortable while you're driving? And you have to you have to be open to that. You have to you have to calm yourself down, even being the, the lead in the family, calm yourself down and do what's right and honorable. Because once again, there are people, little people in the back of the car listening, watching, mm-hmm. tape recorders, they mm-hmm. all, and, and you're, you want to show them the correct way. Right, 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 right. Um, and I think about, like, you know, when our kids have problems and relationships with friends, you know, and some of us have a tendency to say, oh, I'm done with that, I'm not talking to them, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. And we have to remind them, or us sometimes, <laughs> we have to be reminded that's not who we are. You know, you work through conflict because inevitable in relationship, being in a relationship with people, there's going to be conflict. So let's figure out how we can work through that conflict and how we can how we can approach it with humility. Because, um, you know, as, as a mom, sometimes when you hear one of your kids is having an issue with somebody or somebody might be giving them a hard time or whatever, um, you immediately want to go, what? Mama bear on them or whatever. <laughs> and that's not the, the appropriate response always. Now, I always want to communicate to them, hey, if you need to be protected from something, I am going to protect you. But if I need to challenge you to grow in a stretch in this relationship that you have with this person or whatever, whatever, whatever level of, relation, of relationship we're talking about, but if you want to be, if you want to grow and stretch and produce much fruit in this area, okay, we may, you may have to go back and humbly go, okay, hold on, hold on, can, can you tell me one more time why you were thinking that, or you know, hey, I would appreciate it if you didn't talk to me this certain way, or whatever it is. Let's try to salvage the relationship because people have value, and people are not meant to just be cast off somewhere. Um, Within the confines of normal, nice talking about somebody just verbally abusing you or whatever, right. but Within just if you're just in conflict, um, trying to work through that conflict and leaving people better off than you found them. Not saying that. Did that come off right? Yeah, I think it did. I think okay. it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's pretty much kind of um, how we establish. And, and this thing is fluid. Because I, as I was looking over our family mission statement again, I'm like, whoa, whoa, it does say this. doesn't. We didn't add this about this. So just, you know, don't think that you write it and bam, that's it. Like I said, I don't know. I think we wrote this probably five years ago. Right. Um, and now, five years later, we have three emerging adult children and two preteens. And so, you know, now it may be time to kind of revisit some things. And we've learned so much and maybe add to it. So just make sure that it's... It's, um, you know, keep it fluid, but also, you know, you may, I, I'm a firm believer in keeping it before your eyes. Like I remember somebody walked in our house one time, I was like, you guys have little notes everywhere. Cause I think the visual, you know, putting it before your eyes is important. So right, like Lonnie right. said, he, he's got it at the front door. Um, we've got it on our phones. 
Um, we've got other little notes everywhere. We've got whiteboards all over. Not all over. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> right. But we've got notes. We use dry erase markers for our mirrors because you can erase them. But put little things, shower doors, write things. I mean, even if it's just, if it's just words to remind yourself or your kids, your family, whoever, um, about who you are, who you guys have decided you're going to be, you do it. Man, do it. And and part of part of the I think the best thing about doing it, as my wife is saying, is that at certain times things come up, and in those instances, put that mission statement to the test. If it's something that challenges whatever one of those missions are, whatever the statement, if it challenges that, I challenge you to follow through with what you wrote down. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is that's what we call pulling it off the pages. I wrote it down, but it's not effective if you don't use it. You don't implement or integrate it as they say nowadays. Right. Integrate that statement into everyday life. And that's why we have them sitting around all the time so that we can hear and see honestly what we are, what we strive to be, and it comes to pass. Now, if you don't have it, write it down, one or two, whatever you want. And start implementing, integrating it into your your everyday life. I'm a firm believer in just start, you know, take a step. If it's a small step, take it, get engaged in the process of um, writing something for your family, coming up with something for your family. Sit down, have a family meeting and ask the kids, you know, like, who who do you want to be? Where do you see our family going? Like, what do you want? Here's a good one. What do you want people to say about us? That's a good starting point. What do you want people to say about you, you know, um, individually and then collectively as a family? And, you know, because you back into it um, that way and then you move forward from there. So I think that's how we have today. Yes. yes about it is. family identity. I think we're going to dive a little bit more into culture because we really want to talk about this honor thing. So maybe honor is next. But. We thank you for listening because you don't have to. You could be doing something else, but hopefully you're gleaning something. You're getting some nuggets. We believe in um, just a strong, having, building, and um, maintaining and nurturing a strong family. So that's all we have for you today. Until next time, grace, peace, and love. Bless you. And made me cry, and made me happy, made come, me sad, come, come on. and literally had made me. Tap, 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 tap.